0: One of them, he was actually a bit scared to go out on the truck with me. Yeah, he was kind of a bit a bit homophobic about it. One of the other members said, why? You know, he's going <laughs> to, he still can fight fires. Uh, eventually, he came around, and he changed his whole mindset. He realised that we're a team, I'm just as capable as him as putting those fires out. Uh, when it came to the marriage equality vote, he voted in favour of it because, because of that um, interaction that he had with me.
1: My name is Jo, and I'm a lesbian woman working on Tauranga country, working with and Rangers Accessible Arts. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the lands on which this podcast episode was recorded, the Tauranga lands of the Kulon Nation, and pay my respect to elders past and present. I'd also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the various lands on which you live, work and play today, and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. We recognise the important role that art has played on these lands for thousands of years and feel privileged to work alongside artists continuing the creative practice of one of the oldest surviving cultures in the world. Always was, always will be. This episode you're about to hear is with Nick, a gay man, and how he and his partner moved from Fremantle to Brunswick before settling in Dalesford to pursue his career as a musical instrument maker. Nick shows that you can be the change in your community and how they can embrace you for your difference.
0: My name's Nick Carpenter. I'm an instrument maker, an artist, and, yeah, that's me.
2: (laughs) Do you have pronouns that you prefer?
0: Uh, He, him's fine. yep.
2: So you grew up in Fremantle?
0: Yes, yeah. I'm the youngest of four boys, so uh, raised by my mum by herself grew up sort of through the i'm almost turning 50 so through the 70s 80s 90s i guess um in frio and we're all fairly close so um yeah they were some sort of best friends at the time and um yeah just sort of that was that was life i yeah. guess yeah
2: so how old were you when you left
0: uh 30 so i had met jeff i making the musical instruments in wa there's sort of fairly small market there, really. So um, did a few of the festivals there, but realised uh, most of the market was uh, on the east coast of Australia. So we um, did some road trips across Australia, drove across the Nullarbor to go to all the music festivals. So we'd do like an eight-week road trip. And then sort of decided, well, we can't keep doing that road trip every year. So we decided to move. Uh, so we moved over to Melbourne. I set up a shop in Brunswick there. Jeff got a job in the city and yeah, I set up a, a workshop and um yeah, a little shop at the front and then we could get to all the music festivals up and down the east coast, which was great. Did that for about ten years or so, uh, and then we decided do the grown-up thing and buy a house, and we started looking around Melbourne, and we we're going. These prices were a little steep for us, and then yeah, because we'd been going out to these country towns, we kind of thought about it and decided to move to the country, and we sort of picked for Two reasons mainly. One was uh, business-wise, it was well known, and there was a, a lot of tourists go there, so it was you know there was traffic there, so. Yeah, it was quite popular. Uh, The second reason, it's very gay friendly. So uh, we knew, I mean, the risk of moving to a country town is you could be ostracised, you know, and sort of not actually be accepted into the community. So as a gay couple, moving to a country town, that's a little bit of a concern. So we did think that it would be much more acceptable. And it was, it's got a great community. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we love it there.
2: you comfortable sharing your coming out story?
0: Yes, yeah, it did take me a while to kind of come out, I guess. Uh, it was probably, I was 24 by the time I sort of realised, or came out, (laughs) obviously realised it before then. But um, yeah, it did take quite a while for me to sort of accept it and then be comfortable sort of uh, coming out. So back in the day in Fremantle, really the only gay venues were in Northbridge, which is in Perth. We used to Go up there and sort of um, until I found myself and sort of realised, you know, sort of felt comfortable in that in community sort of thing, and um, that was kind of yeah. Once sort of I realised yes that was me, then then I started coming out and um,
2: so it was kind of a gradual.
0: It it was it was yeah. it, More of the challenge was internally, and yeah, I didn't really have any sort of major homophobic kind of reaction from family or anything which was great you know they were all oh yeah whatever kind of thing um, did
2: that surprise you uh
0: no yes no <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's the fear inside yes. really i think is the biggest biggest hurdle that you've got to come to terms with yourself um, and then once you've accepted yourself and then you put it out there i mean i've heard stories of you know terrible stories of yeah people disowning their children and just things like that and um i did have a partner a while ago and yeah he um when he came out um his parents pretty much disowned him but he lived in the same house so they didn't talk to him for a year and while he was living there you know so it was that was terrible kind of thing yeah so i had it relatively easily compared mm. to compared to that mm.
2: how has that helped you, I guess, having that support? Yeah,
0: well, the acceptance from them made it so much easier to accept it myself, if that makes sense. So I, um, yeah, once I overcame my own kind of internal demons, if you want to call them that, um, they were just, yeah, they were fine with it. So it was, uh, it was a big thing for me to tell them, obviously. But, um, yeah, they were just like, oh, OK, you know, so it was... Yeah, and once once you know, once that happened I was just like, Oh, okay. <laughs> this isn't such a it's such a terrible thing after all. Mm. So I guess it's there. Yeah, more of the, the internal battle than the external battle. Obviously there were there were times, yeah, there's bit a bit of um I guess homophobia, but of you know, just mocking more than derogatory kind of put downs. Um but um yeah, I mean, in school, I did. I came out after school, obviously, but you know, it was just common slurs back then. Were yeah, very homophobic. So it was that was kind of one of the battles that you know, because it was so common in school and stuff back then to just um, do that. It was uh, yeah, that was part of the internal battle against that. Mm. So, so to sort mm. of
2: know that within yourself and hear your peers saying. Yes,
0: yeah, and they weren't directed at me, direct, you know, I wasn't out then, but you just knew that it was It was so common that to be, you know, gay was a bad thing, you know, and, yeah, made fun of pretty much. So mm. you just sort of, yeah, distance yourself from it.
2: Do you, yeah, how far do you think society has come? Uh,
0: amazingly, yeah. amazingly far. Yeah. Yeah, and looking back, from when I went to school uh, to the previous generation, we'd come a long way from then and there as well. And yeah, obviously the whole laws and things are changed, which is which is great and um, so more accepting. Um, and it's it's commonplace now. You know, a lot of TV shows, it's they're there. You know, there's gay characters, and it's just it's natural. It's not like you know that's the you know the big surprise in the the ending or the episode or whatever you know it's just they're there you know they're just normal people and it's yeah it's commonplace
2: Mm. and do you remember where you were when the marriage equality vote was announced
0: uh yes i was at home (laughs) but um yeah it was it was great it was a momentous occasion um which is fantastic uh, admittedly, my partner and I haven't been married, but it's great that we have the choice too. you know, and that's what it was about, equality, which is having the, the choice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
2: So. And coming to Dalesford, so you, you moved from Melbourne to Dalesford. Yes. Yeah. Yep. What role did the community in Dalesford play in your life at that moment in time?
0: Uh, it was a big move. We'd never lived in the country before, um, and we didn't actually know anybody in the town. We knew a couple of people uh, in Trentham, which was, you know, 20 minutes away, but nobody in Dalesford. So we kind of went, okay, well, we've got to uh, put ourselves out and um, socialise and, yeah, find like-minded people, and which was actually very quite easy because the the community gathered at the local pub uh every friday night at that time and yeah as soon as we went there we found we were welcomed with open arms and uh we got to know pretty much you know half the town very quickly and uh that was yeah that was kind of a really great time and um There was no issue whatsoever that we were gay. Uh, There was plenty of other gay couples, plenty of straight couples, single people. It just didn't matter. That was the good thing.
2: Mm. What would you say to other people who are thinking about, you know, leaving cities uh, and coming out into regional areas? Yeah, good luck. (laughs) No,
0: no. Uh, It's... We we loved it. We really enjoyed the, the change. We moved um, from a factory unit where we couldn't even see out the windows because they were all frosted to 20 acres. So we've got, you know, beautiful... We can barely see the neighbours from where we are. Uh, so that was an amazing change. I mean, people were saying to us when we were moving that aren't you going to be isolated and alone kind of thing? And we've actually found it was the opposite, that we now know uh, back in the city... Um, We knew maybe the neighbour next door, but that was it. Whereas here, we know all the neighbours far and wide. We know, yeah, we know a lot of the town. It's just, there's a community there. So people stop and talk and, yeah, you get to know people. And um, living in the the country as well, you do need to know your neighbours for fire safety and things. And, yeah, so you actually, there is a lot more community out here, which is a lot more social so you know a lot more people kind of thing. Whereas the city kind of, I find people just wear blinkers and, you know, you know, power along doing their thing and don't, yeah, don't interact as much, yeah.
2: What kind of contribution do you feel that you and your partner have made to the community? Uh,
0: well, I, I'm in the CFA. I volunteer for the uh, fire authority. That's obviously a safety thing as well, so it's good to be able to know how to protect our property as well as um, the neighbourhood sort of thing. A funny story is in the CFA that I'm with, it's quite sort of out, outside of Dalesford, so it's in the country, and there's quite a few older gentlemen that are in that group. And one of them, he he was actually a bit scared to go out on the truck with me, uh, which I heard, you know, from a third party of someone else in the CFA. He was, yeah, he was kind of a bit, a bit homophobic about it. And then... Um, yeah, one of the other members sort of sort of said, you know, why, you know, he's going <laughs> to he still can fight fires, you know, he's capable, he's you know, and uh eventually he came around, and he changed his whole whole um mindset about yeah, that cuz I mean, on the truck, you you're going into a dangerous situation and you really need to rely on the team around you. So you have to have confidence in that team. So he he eventually, yeah, realized that, you know, we're a team, I'm just as capable as him as putting those fires out. And he, he eventually, uh, when it came to the um, marriage equality vote, he, he voted in favour of it because because of that um, interaction that he had with me, So which I didn't even know about until way after when we were having a conversation at the fire shed one day from someone else. So, yeah, you know, he was in his 80s, this gentleman. He was still fighting fires, you know. <laughs> so, um, good on him for doing his thing. But yeah, and just that mindset change that, you know, it's never too late. You can, uh, and that was all simply through exposure, you know, um, meeting someone. You know, I didn't push my agenda, I, I didn't even bring it up, you know, but it's just his association with someone who is gay that he's never had before uh, finally changed his mind about everything.
2: And I've, it's just about you being you, isn't it? That's right. And yeah. And Forming a relationship, and yeah. connection, that just cross. You know, it allows us to cross so many different bridges to meet each other. That's right. Yeah. yeah
0: in different situations. So. Yeah. It's
2: very heartening when you hear something like that too. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. Some mm. don't, some beliefs are so entrenched.
0: That's right. Yeah. Believe. And especially at that age as well, mm-hmm. you know, he's lived his whole life mm-hmm. uh, with those those um, ideals and then suddenly he's he's able to change mm. which is great
2: mm. and i guess that's you know also highlights the the significance of regional communities becoming more and more diverse
0: yes yeah that's yeah it's like, it's happening it's happening yeah. and also not social media but media in general is just more accepting of it so the general public that just watches tv at night and that they're seeing it and it's, it's becoming more commonplace. So it's more accepting, yeah, sort of throughout society. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah.
2: When you're growing up and throughout your life, have you had anyone in particular or something that's inspired you to accept who you are?
0: That's a good question. Um, not really, no. <laughs> there weren't really that many sort of role models, uh, not that I knew personally. And I guess, I mean, on TV and whatnot, I mean, it's pretty much the only gay people sort of back in the 80s and maybe 90s as well were musicians that, so, you know, it was Elton John and. Um, um, I'm trying to catch <laughs> <Petra laughs> up boys and you know, just yeah, yeah so there were there were Freddie Mercury, of course. and um so they were really the most visible gay people in society were the musicians, so that was really good that that was there, um and yeah, could connect to their music as well, and um they were good role models, really, yeah, that, mm. that were the most visible, yeah
2: and what would you like to tell? Your teenage self. Hmm. Well <laughs> I'd have to think
0: about that. So I've got to think of some good advice, yeah. Maybe uh oh, I don't know. Just just keep going, really. That's yeah, I mean, there's so many ups and downs in life, good and bad, but you know, you're gonna make mistakes along the way. You've just gotta just gotta keep trying, keep going. Find your own happiness, really. That's that's the key. Nobody else is going to give it to you, so um, you've got to keep going. You've got to keep trying, and hopefully, you'll get there one day.
2: Hmm. Mm. That's good advice. Hmm. And what does pride mean to you?
0: Pride. Um, well, it's great that somebody sort of came up with that. <laughs> I mean, the colour of the rainbow—it's just visually, you know—it's—it's—it's it's, it's striking, um, but what it means what it stands for is the diversity and yeah and inclusiveness that's really the core of it what we what we want and what equality i think we're getting very closer to the ideology of it all which is acceptance and normalization of it all yeah
2: mm. and do you think celebrating as a community has made a big difference yes
0: i mean it's been going on a long time and right when it needed to be celebrated as in actually it was a needed to be a force to be reckoned with back then yeah right from the early days so it's it was a a protest march to begin with um all the marching all of that uh so and then it became more accepted so it became a celebration uh and i think that's amazing that you know from where we've come from uh and we've come a long way so it's it's great that what it represents and what it's created. yeah. Mm. Just the awareness of it all. Some people see it as just a big party, but some people see it as, yeah, much deeper than that. Yeah, It's different for everybody, I guess, mm. on different levels.
2: You're in a long-term relationship. Yes. What does it take to have a long-term healthy relationship, make it, you know, make it work? Well, next month.
0: When's April 25th? (laughs) Uh, Interview. (laughs) (laughs) In a a little while. We'll be together 20 years. So uh, it has been a long time. I met Jeff when I was 29 and he was 22. So the relationship has developed over many years and being uh, compassionate obviously helps, but being open minded and being able to adapt, I guess, and sort of, I don't know what the word is exactly, but yeah, you've got to. understand each other, where they're coming from, uh, and really kind of, yeah, some people say things that they they say in anger, or they're just tired and grumpy. You've got to understand that, and maybe they don't necessarily mean it, <laughs> and you could just, you could react to that, and then you start a big fight, And but really, you know that's not where they're coming from exactly. So just very understanding and very if you know the person, where what they mean rather than what they say, I think there's always ups and downs, and yeah, you sort of you get through them. You try and remember the good ones rather than the bad ones, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's ever ever adapting. I find so, and you just keep going. Yeah.
2: And how will you be celebrating?
0: Oh, well, well, uh, that, and I also turn 50 very soon. Uh, so we're off to Europe. We're oh. going uh, over to France, Italy, and Spain, which we have never been to before, neither of us. So that's our big trip uh, to celebrate.
2: Oh, awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank
0: you. Thank you for having us. And yeah, um, yeah let me tell my story. Mm.
3: This podcast is released every Tuesday and Friday and could not have been possible without the support of our local community partners, Midsummer and the Fair of Victoria portfolio of the Victorian State Government. Throughout the series, you will hear firsthand the successes, hopes, dreams, fears and struggles of diverse members of our community. Pride Finder, the Rainbow Road Trip, was a travelling project commissioned during the 2023 Midsummer Festival as part of the State Government's initiative, Victoria's Pride. Helen Thomas, an award winning creative audio producer, journalist, and queer ally, developed a mobile story studio with the purpose of encouraging connection, cultivating empathy, and preserving people's experiences. As much of Victoria's queer history relies on verbal recount, Midsummer, Helen, and the Pride Finder connected with regionally living LGBTQA Victorians to help capture their unique stories. These conversations are frank, honest, and reflect the language, thoughts, history, and opinions of the individual. Views may not be shared by Midsummer or the Victorian state government please keep yourself safe and refer to the show notes for specific triggers related to each episode. If something in this podcast has made you feel uncomfortable or brought up challenging feelings, please seek support from a loved one or from one of the helplines listed at the bottom of the show notes.